Welcome back to another episode of Where's That Tiger podcast. I'm your host, Leanne Westfall. We've got back with us Justin Vincent and special guest Colin Jeter. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Excited about the show. Awesome. Well, let's just start off reminding the fans kind of your journey and how you got to LSU football. It was kind of a wild year. Um, out of high school, I originally committed to Air Force Academy, and I went to Colorado Springs. Uh, unfortunately, between my commitment and going to Colorado, my mom developed breast cancer. So she went through that journey. She went through treatments, kind of reached a point where her health had reached a tough condition, and I was just in a crazy headspace in Colorado. So I ended up coming back to kind of be closer to home. Luckily, I had a local junior college that upheld their offer to me. I was able to go to Kilgore College for a year, which was a blessing. Um, I went from getting offers like Texas State, Northwestern, Air Force to like Texas, LSU, South Carolina, things like that. So obviously, Steve Inzminger found me randomly one day in my high school locker or high school weight room, and uh, the rest is history. I, I was in school within like a week, and I uh, had a blast. I, I can't be more thankful to Inzminger and Coach Miles and everybody else that got me down here. It's it's really changed my life so much, and uh, I love being down here in Louisiana now. That's awesome. That's awesome. So when you were kind of talking about the other schools you mentioned, was there something about LSU that stood out to you besides the coaches that brought you in? Well, to be honest, number one was Steve Insbinger. I mean, he was like a second dad to me, and uh, I can't be more thankful for him. But really, it was a combination of I was kind of used to being in the pro-style system, being a heavy blocking tight end, and LSU obviously was a perfect fit for us back then before we started airing it out here. But um, that was a perfect fit. I was four hours from home. I wasn't too far. Like South Carolina, honestly, I, that would have been a great school, but it was uh, it was like a 10-hour drive. So we were close enough to home. I felt like it was a scheme that fit me, and uh, really when I just got down here, kind of fell in love with campus and the state and everything else. Yeah, we both share an, uh, an affinity for Emsminger. Um, obviously, I didn't play for him, but I was on staff at the time when you signed. Um, even till this day, he's still one of my all-time favorites. There's not a person walking this earth who I'd rather hang out with uh, on my last day on earth than Steve Inzminger. Um, you know, once you get on campus and get a feel of what, you know, LSU life is and how everything's going, what was your introductory deal to your first, you know, like two-a-day here at LSU? Look, my first fall here was a struggle. I was worried. I can remember calling my mom thinking, they're going to cut me. <laughs> I mean, I, I, it was tough. Really, Inzminger was my rock. Um, he kind of kept me in check. I was, I was struggling with a lot of things. Just it's, it's a big jump. I mean, from high school to junior college wasn't a huge jump, but from junior college to playing in the SEC, I mean, that was a massive jump. And uh, you're playing like guys, with guys like Daniil Hunter, Quan Alexander on defense. Um, got endless names on defense. Feels like we have a whole um, NFL defense back then. And uh, it was a big jump, but um, kind of adjusted. Really the spring after my first fall here is when it, I, we kind of took off, got things rolling, and, and really felt comfortable playing. So you're pretty involved with the L Club, um, and I'm super grateful for it. But I know our current student-athletes are, too. You've talked on several panels about um, things you would have wanted to know when you were when you were playing and talking about some of these coaches. Maybe talk a little bit about some of the mentors that you had um, at that time, whether it's a coach or a teacher or an advisor, and what kind of advice they gave you that you would want to give now to current football players. Yeah, I've, there's a few. I mean, obviously – we keep talking about Innsbinger, but he was number one of it. One of his favorite sayings he used to say is control what you can control. And mm -hmm. don't worry about things that are out of your control. Don't worry about the outside noise. Just focus on what you do on a daily basis, and uh, the rest will kind of fall into place. Um, outside that, you had Dr. Karam, who is outstanding. I think he's a huge asset for LSU as far as getting guys prepared to speak, talk to media, really just have a good 
one of his biggest things was a default face, which I know it's such a random thing to say, but he really talked about it. And he showed us. He, he walked into a team meeting of ours, and uh, they had a photographer, photographer there that took photos. And, like, no one really knew what was going on, but he put them up during the meeting. It showed, like, how many people just sit with this blank stare, kind of that uh, – some people call it an RBF. <laughs> we know what that stands for. Um, and just how much of a difference – you can make by having whether it's it doesn't, you don't need to be smiling but just a, a I guess a calm look that's inviting um, that may, that's made a huge difference for me in getting in uh, post football world um, outside of that we had great tight ends I played with mm-hmm. um, I had Logan Stokes who is still an idiot to this day but he was a great he was like a <laughs> big brother uh, Dylan Gordon was another great one I can remember plenty of times Dylan uh, messed with I mean Dylan was like a 300 pound tight end so he was he had a little bit of weight on us I remember one time at A&M he body slammed me through a uh, hotel bed but uh, guys like that they were like big brothers kind of helped us coast in like I said I, I didn't know anything about LSU I wasn't from here um, I didn't know anybody down here when I first got here so they kind of took me in and I made it quite an enjoyable experience for me. You know you saying that you know obviously Dr. Karam I had him as well he's been here for like 40 years it seems like um, but it makes so much sense about that face, right? The default face. Because when you're watching like ESPN or whether it's Fox Sports or whatever it is, and the person that comes to my mind is Acho, yeah. Sam. He sits there like this the whole time, <laughs> like smiling, <Yeah>. smiling. <laughs> so that just popped in my head just now when you said the default face. I was like, oh my gosh, I see what they're talking about. So talk to us about, you know, once you leave here, uh, you get an opportunity to go, I think, to Tampa, and then you end up last few years I guess in the XFL so tell us how that kind of journey happened yes it was I mean that was a roller coaster too I my original team was the Indianapolis Colts I signed with them as an undrafted free agent um stayed with them all throughout the summer unfortunately first it wasn't the first day training camp but it was like the third because it was the first day we practiced in Lucas Oil I uh, broke my foot out of Jones fracture so unfortunately signed an injury settlement got waived um spent all offseason actually rehabbing down here with Jack Marucci and those guys and uh, went back. I was able to re-sign with Tampa, stay with them. It was unfortunate repeat. I get a concussion in a preseason game, get uh, injury settlement again, get waived. And uh, at this point, I'm like, man, it's it's kind of a grind. I mean, I just yeah. can't. I feel like when I was at LSU, I prided myself on always being available. And this is two back-to-back things that kind of killed it. And uh, luckily, XFL comes around for guys looking for opportunity. Um, Seattle drafted me. I was excited to go up there. Talk about a completely different side of the world up in the Pacific Northwest, and it does rain every day there. I can't confirm. <laughs> it's not like a, it's not like a heavy rain like you get down here, but it's like a just nonstop mist, it's which is wash, almost a car wash mist. Yeah, yeah, it's almost more annoying with the mist. Yeah. And I got to practice for the first time in the snow up there, so that was kind of cool. But uh, really enjoyed the XFL. It was a great experience. It was a great opportunity for guys like me who were trying to get back in the NFL. Unfortunately, you can't help when a uh, worldwide pandemic pandemic hits and COVID hits, right. and that shut down our season. Uh, I always tell these people a story. I remember sitting at my hotel. Uh, they had a, a restaurant bar down in the, in the base of the hotel, and I was sitting at the bar eating a burger for lunch. And I remember watching ESPN, and that ticker comes across the bottom, and it says NBA to cancel the rest of the season. And I was like, oh, man, we're we're done. If the NBA is done, we're done. And uh, sure enough, we made it like another week, and they flew us all home. So wow. that was kind of the end of my journey. I reached a point. I tried to get picked back up in the NFL. just didn't really happen. I um, did get some few calls afterwards from XFL, USFL, but kind of just a point I was ready to move on and start a, a career after athletics. Yeah, that happens, man, because you get into this phase. And I was I used to kind of always talk about it when I was on staff at football. It was like, you're not ready for it to be over, but you're prepared for it to be over. And that's that's kind of 
when you get to that point with the injuries or you just bounce from team to team, it gets real stagnant and you feel lost in the whole nine. Uh, you don't want to start chapter two, but chapter two is kind of thrown in your lap. So I think you, you know, realizing that is is a big step from which a lot of guys do, and it ends up being so much different path for them as far as depression and all the other stuff goes. Because football is what you know, football is what we know. You know, when when it's when you're done, you're done, and and you 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 try to move on, and it, it goes a little slow. But once you get it going, it's it's like riding a bike. Yeah, it's it's definitely a weird transition. I mean. Like you said, your whole life's about football. Um, you just feel like that's what you're all, you're always going to do. And uh, at reaches point, you just kind of get kicked into normal life, and you're like, man, I just miss, I miss playing. Like, can I still do it? Um, I kind of miss the glory of it, all, all the stuff that comes with it. You move on, you kind of become – you restart at square one somewhere else. But like you said, the skills you learn growing up in athletics, I think, take you a long way moving on in that second career. Yeah. How have you kind of kept – I feel like you've kept close to the game in different ways, whether it be with the L Club or – um, just coming back to LSU and working with some of the current student athletes, what other ways do you feel like you've kept football close to you? Ah, uh, man, there's a lot. I mean, whether even playing fantasy football, you yeah, know, I've gotten into that. No, but uh, I try to do as much as I can because I realize what LSU did for me. And right. like I said, my life would be so much different if I didn't have it. I can't tell you how many connections I've made just by wearing those three letters on my chest. I mean, it's they've been tremendous for me. So I try to do as much as I can. Like I said, whenever you call me to speak or to do an event, I, I try to be there. Um, obviously, we still go to as many games and events as possible. I just love being around it. Um, obviously, I'd much rather be in the locker room on a game day than, <laughs> than tailgating up by the parade grounds, but uh, I'll take that too. We've got a bunch of buddies that are former athletes, and uh, we have a blast doing that. It's, like I said, not quite the same, but we, we have a pretty good tailgate. We had Paul Skeens and Livy Dunn and people at the tailgate this yeah. weekend, so yeah. we had fun with it. Keeping you fresh, keeping yeah, you young. Yeah, keeping us young, that's right. <laughs> so we just had our Breast Cancer Awareness uh, football game uh, against Auburn this past weekend. So talk a little bit about the work you're doing to bring awareness um, to the cause and why it's so special to you. Yeah, Um we are doing, I've partnered with Men Wear Pink, which is a campaign part of the American Cancer Society. It's based out of Baton Rouge. Um, there's 28 ambassadors. I'm one of the ambassadors. And our, our goal is to raise as much money as possible for breast cancer research and treatment. So what I've done is I've partnered with uh, Saul Rubio, who owns 113 in Hammond. I know Hammond's a little bit of a drive from Baton Rouge, but uh, to be honest, my fiance's family is based out of there and I've made a lot of connections over there as well but it's a great restaurant it kind of fit the theme of what we're trying to do we're hosting a dinner party that's going to basically be a full fundraiser all proceeds are going towards um, my campaign with men wear pink and we're just doing food drinks entertainment we're gonna have a dj we're gonna have a few special guest celebrities um, I'll be posting those out this week on my instagram instagram page eat.drink.pink and uh, we're just looking forward to having a good night it's nothing crazy just looking to raise money and and do it for a cause yeah, that's pretty cool. I'm a I'm a past honoree. I did that uh, a few years back. Uh, enjoyed it. I did the best dressed ball here for that yeah. as well. Also, right now I'm doing the Flower Fest, which is for St. Jude's for cancer research. So it's it's one of those things where you like to like you kind of keep close, right? You always want to try to help something, especially dear to your heart. You know, my aunt had cancer. She passed away, um, at least not from cancer, but she was just having some other complications. But the thing is, is that when something kind of impacts you, like you said, your mom or my aunt or any any or friend or family, when you can get involved and help and do your part to try to make this thing uh, be better and find a cancer for it, I mean, find a treatment for it, uh, that's that's all we can do. So hats off to you for doing that because it's it, it was a blast when I did it as well. Yeah, yeah, we're really looking forward to it. Like I said, it's you've dealt with it as well. People with cancer in your life, it, 
it's really detrimental. I mean, you see what they go through. Obviously, my mom's been through it a couple times. I've got a buddy of mine from back home. His dad's dealing with pancreatic cancer. It's a lot. Um, it wears them down. It's it's not e- it's not number one. It's it's not easy for the people, but it's not also not easy for the people around them that, that are trying to take yeah. care of them and doing their best and and just dealing with the consequences of it. So it's a lot. Um, anything we can do, like you said, to help out, that's that's what I'm willing to do. Yeah, I think it's awesome as former players, y'all both have this platform of LSU and your own personal brand to really expand the awareness. And um, I'm excited about everything y'all are both doing. So take us, we like to know kind of what's next and, and where you are. First, we didn't even touch on where you are kind of now professionally beyond. So give us a little bit about where you are now professionally in your current career. Um, and then we'll talk about what's next. Yeah. So like we talked about earlier, earlier you're you feel like you're going to play football forever. Obviously, that doesn't happen. So um, when I was at LSU, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Like, I feel like a majority of kids don't. Um, I got a general business degree um, that I felt like I could do a lot of things with. So I knew I, I kind of wanted to be in the sales route because I feel like I can talk to people. And that's what I went into. And now I work for Next Home Real Estate Professionals. It's a brokerage based out of Ham. And obviously, we buy, sell, rent, real estate, um, help clients in a multitude of different ways. But that's really what I do. I'd prefer to be on the listing side where I help people sell their property. But I can do a little bit of everything. I've helped multiple clients at this point, really enjoying what I'm doing, kind of have a, still have a career in service, and uh, really enjoy the lifestyle that comes with it. Awesome. So where where can we see you next? What's the next move? Anything on the horizon? Anything you wish to get involved with? Oh, the more the better. I mean, I'd love to get in a little bit of everything. I like being involved with LSU. I like just really being around and helping people. So um, obviously continue to sell real estate and doing events like this, Eat, Drink, Pink. Um, like I said, the more I can do. So we'll see. We'll see as it comes. I don't have anything in the near future. Um, we got a few. We got a wedding coming up. Yes. Got a, got a, house, a new house under contract for us. Uh, it's a lot. We got a lot on the plate right now. So when we get that all out of the way, we'll start adding more to the plate. Okay. Well, y'all heard it from him. Stay tuned. Thank y'all for joining us. Thanks for being here on another episode of Where's That Tiger?